Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and please rate the podcast. Now, on the podcast today, the bowler, the little trailer is 50, and it's from right here in Winnipeg. We'll talk about the party. Also, Mike Simons, a cell phone expert, and boy, do we need one this week. And also, Stephanie Staples tells us why she packed up what she had left and left town. All on the way, and now the podcast. Taking a look back into the 1960s, it was the era of new space-age technology. The birth of lightweight space-age plastic and fiberglass composites that began to reshape old designs into new ones. It seemed like everything fun was being made of fiberglass, and inventors had a new and exciting technology to start crafting their dreams into reality. One Winnipeg inventor would embrace this new fiberglass technology and go on to create products that would revolutionize the recreational market. His name, Ray Aleko, inventor of the famous bowler trailer. And the bowler was born 1968. The bowler is celebrating its 50th birthday this year. And an expert on the bowler, Ian Giles, joins us now on the phone. Ian, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Hal. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for doing this. How did you become an expert in the bowler, by the way? I don't know if I'd call me an expert. I am just a uh, totally in love with the little beasts. Uh, they're a phenomenal Canadian invention. They're recognizable. I refer to them often as memory makers. You set one up in a campsite, and pretty soon your campsite is full of people reminiscing about when they were child, children and the camping trips they took with relatives, parents, their families on. My whole desire is to keep these little beasts on the road. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't know why I love them so much. I always have, and I always keep my eye out for them. And if I do find one that somebody will let go of, they want way too much money or more than I'm prepared to pay for it. And it wouldn't be very practical for me. I'm almost 6'6 and a big guy. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it's because it's from Winnipeg. Maybe it's because it began as a septic tank. Talk about that. Exactly. I mean, Ray Aleko was quite the inventor, uh, starting off by inventing a number of things, including a slingshot. Yeah. He actually patented the first, the first fiberglass septic tank. And... He delivered one one day, the story goes. He looked at it and thought, if I turn it over and put wheels on it, that would be a heck of a nice little lightweight trailer. No seams, they don't leak. And, of course, fiberglass lasts for many, many years, so that's why these 50-year-old trailers are still on the road today. Yeah, in the 60s, fiber, they used fiberglass everywhere. It was kind of new, and it was cool, and like you said, Bowler came up with this uh, slingshot, and the handle part of the slingshot he made from fiberglass, and then he did the septic tanks, and then you just told the story of, of how the trailer was born. How much were they worth back then? If you wanted to buy a Bowler trailer when they were first being made in 68, how much would you pay? The original ads indicated that they were around twelve to $1,400 new which in those days was actually very expensive. Mm. But they, they tended to sell quite well because an individual could pick up the tongue of the trailer and move it themselves into the campsite very or light, reposition yeah. it. Very lightweight. Yeah. And now, well, I mean, 
boy, there are some beautiful bowler trailers. People take them, they baby them, they redo the insides, they paint them, they make them all fancy. I mean, there's almost like a, a bowler subculture sort of, isn't there, Ian? There totally is. That's more why I'm into it, is the people who own these. You buy a bowler, you become a part of this uh, group or this almost a cult that loves these trailers. The trailers themselves are blank canvases, so people decorate them, outfit them, modify them, and make them their own. And you're right, the prices are just going through the roof right now on these trailers. Oh, it's crazy. Are there a lot of the bowlers, the original, because there are some that look like bowlers, but they're not bowlers. Are there a lot of bowlers out there, or is it pretty much just the ones that have been fixed up that you see really nice? Or or do you still hear of stories where somebody stumbles across one and the person who has it doesn't realize what they have and they sell it for cheap? Are those stories still out there? They're happening all the time. Just recently, a fellow tripped across bowler number 19, I believe it was. Wow. So the 19th one made, it was in a barn, and I think he bought it for $500. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. So they're still happening. But part of the reason for the celebration is just that bowler not only made these great trailers, but they started a manufacturing process to make trailers. And uh, this process has been used by over 40 companies over the years. And currently, I believe there's still about 14 manufacturers in Canada and the U.S. that are making trailers in the same way that Bowler did. Yeah. Was that over on Higgins? Is that where they made them? They made them on Higgins, and then they moved to Dufferin. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, what a what a cool item. And for it to have staying power like this and and now be even more popular than it was way back then. I mean, it's just incredible. So talk a bit about this 50th birthday bash here in Winnipeg. When, where, give us some details. 50th uh, anniversary of the bowlers being held at the Red River Exhibition Grounds. Uh, We have people coming and owners coming from all over North America to this event. We have over 450 trailers coming from across Canada, so we're talking all the way from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, right through to Vancouver Island, and as far north as Yellowknife, driving in. Plus, we have uh, attendees coming from the U.S., from the New York coast, right through Florida, Texas, New Mexico, and California. Uh, in total, 10 provinces uh, owners are from, and over 20, I think it's 23 U.S. states right now. So we've got six caravans that are crossing the country uh, where the bowler, the owners will join in as they come close by, all converging on Winnipeg on Wednesday, August 15th. So that's next Wednesday. That's next Wednesday. And how many days is it going to go? The event itself for participants runs from uh, the Wednesday, August 15th, right through until the 19th. It is a closed event for the participants, except for Saturday, August 18th. The gates are open to the public. There's a $10 admission fee, but the majority of the trailers will have open doors, so you can go and look in these trailers, talk to the owners, find out what they did. Plus, we'll have, we've got a great venue there. We've got uh, wine and beer gardens, and we're going to have some great entertainment in the evening. Excellent. Ian, I know you've got a couple great websites about the bowler. Please get those out there for people that want to find out more about this incredible trailer. 
For the event itself, the website is mybowler, that's M-Y-B-O-L-E-R.com. If you're interested in fixing up or finding out more about the bowlers, I run two websites. One is bowler.ca and the other is bowler-camping.com. Sorry. Ian, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I, I love the bowler. I love that it's, uh, you know, it's just such wonderful Winnipeg history, and a lot of people don't know about it, and I'm so glad you had time for me today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for calling. Appreciate talking, and please have your audience come out and visit us on Saturday. Absolutely. Next Saturday. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you, Al. Bye-bye. Ian Giles, the bowler is 50. Winnipeg's bowler trailer turns 50 this year. Big celebration next week. And again, it's open to the public next Saturday. On to our cell phone experts, Mike Simons. Hi, Mike. How are you? Great. How about yourself? Excellent. Thanks for doing this. You're with Mobile Nations. Tell us what Mobile Nations is, first of all. Uh, basically, we're a big tech media publisher. We've got a few major websites. We run iMore.com, AndroidCentral.com, WindowsCentral.com, all about personal technology and mobile technology, cell phones, and all that kind of stuff. All right, so you are the right guy. Uh, you're aware of the twister we had here in Manitoba. and uh, Well, you're in Manitoba, so obviously you're aware of it. And obviously the, the cell phone coverage and, and cell service story that's come from that, uh, this is not a new story, but it's got new attention now after this twister that, that killed the man. Um, maybe explain to us, give us some basics on cell phone coverage and service and how this works and why our phones don't work sometimes. Sure. Um, well, especially for rural communities, it all comes down to infrastructure. So the, the biggest thing at the start is your distance from a cell tower. Mm. Um, so basically, the further you are from the source of the signal, the worse your um, cell signal is going to be. So, for instance, I grew up in Westwood. Um, there's no real cell towers anywhere near there. I think most of the Winnipeg cell towers are downtown. Um, so one side of my house, I'd get five bars. As soon as you walk to the other side of the house, you'd get three bars kind of thing. So um, it can be pretty fickle when you're on the outskirts of the signal strength. Um, so, I mean, I know having driven tons of times between here and Regina, um, there's a big dead zone. Once you get maybe two hours west of the city, then Brandon picks up again. And then between Brandon and Regina, it's just dead just because of, of, of proximity. Um, the other thing about uh, activity and that sort of thing is, is cell signal is, is like a highway. Um, so, you know, say you're at a concert, for instance, there's, you know, 15,000 other people there wanting to text photos away and stuff like that. Your phone probably doesn't work very well at all. You can probably barely make a call, let alone upload photos to Instagram or something like that. Um, and that's just because it's basically a cluttered highway. So if you're on a two lane highway, you know, going both ways, there's not a car in sight. You can blow down it at 120, no problem. You can change in and out of lanes, no problem. But as soon as, you know, it's, you know, camping weekend starts for the year, then it's cluttered. More people are trying to merge onto the highway. You're getting back up like that. Right. Um, it basically just creates a bottleneck. And so talk about other things that can affect cell service. Like you, you say that metal can affect cell service. Even altitude and vegetation can affect how our cell phones work. Yeah. Totally. So if you're, um, I know in like some, some heavily wooded areas in the Canadian Shield and that kind of thing, um, the rocks can, can affect cell signal. Um, it, it's just like radio signal, you know, as you kind of start driving, let's say, towards Kenora, um, 
you know, if you're listening to say Joe B and it starts to get a little fuzzy as you get into like the rockier area, um, that's just because signal can't penetrate rock. It even has a hard time uh, penetrating thicker tree canopies. Um, more, you know, with respect to the city, if you're near a power station, if you're near some of those, you know, those huge um, metal power lines that are out in the country, those can affect signal strength. Even if you're next to a big, you know, aluminum sided uh, community center here in the city, it all kind of sucks up signal or blocks signal. And you say it's even important just to keep your cell phone charged up because if the uh, level of battery gets low, that can affect your service. Exactly. Yeah, it, it all takes power at the end of the day. So power from the other end and power from your end. So if your battery's low, your phone is already struggling trying to keep resources alive. I mean, our phones are computers now. So so much of the battery is going to the CPU, is going to running all your apps and keeping things updated in the background and things like that. So if your phone battery is low, it's going to, um, you know, salvage battery for what your phone deems as important. So to more often than not, 911 calls are going to be a priority, but things like text messages, things like, um, unfortunately, the way they are in Canada right now, emergency alerts um, kind of take a back seat to the phone's internal processes. And uh, you say that cell signal boosters can work miracles too. They can, absolutely. And, and it, it depends on where you are. So if you're in a big open area, a cell signal booster is awesome. And they can get pretty pricey. Really, really good ones can run you about $600. Um, but if that's your primary service, you know, you can't get a landline or whatever. Right. Um, it's gold to you. Whereas I used to work in an office in the exchange. We got a signal booster just because um, some LTE service wasn't that great in the big stone building we were in. And the booster, we didn't get, you know, one of the most expensive ones, but it still didn't help much. And that's simply because of all the stone buildings around and all the, you know, the steel constructions around and that kind of thing. Um, so they are great, but they're only as great as, you know, the environment around them and how that's going to affect the signal. So a good one is 600 bucks. What do you have to spend to get one that's going to help? I would say don't, don't cheap out. I wouldn't spend anything less than $150 on one. Okay. All right. And so now let's get to the issue at hand here. That's all great information. And I'm, I'm glad we talked about that because I think that's important, but as being sort of a cell phone expert at Mobile Nations, Mike, talk about the situation here in the province. We took calls over the last couple of days from people saying, yeah, we got no cell service here, or terrible cell service here or, or wherever. Are we, are our expectations too high? You know, now technology, it seems like every day there's new technology and it's getting better. Are we expecting too much from cell service here in the province of Manitoba, do you think? I don't think so, because the abundance of towers um, and, and, and the infrastructure that's going in, I know Bell has invested a lot, and they're building more and more towers throughout the province. Um, it, it shouldn't be as much of an issue as it is, especially when these, these cell companies like Bell are touting you know, the forthcoming 5G LTE and all that kind of stuff. So they're working on making things faster, um, but they're not working on maintenance. So that's an issue as well. Um, a lot of the smaller, like Kudo, for instance, Fido, they don't have their own cell towers. Um, so they kind of get second priority to, say, Rogers customers from which they borrow um, service. For instance, my home alarm system is a wireless. It's got a GSM built in. It actually uses Rogers network to connect. Um, so all of that traffic is constantly sucking service. So say you're a Rogers customer and an influx of FIDO customers or KUDO customers or whatever decide to use their phone at a given time in your area. Um, it's, it's basically, again, that clogged highway. 
where it's just too much traffic, nothing's getting through, and you're moving along at a snail's pace. Mike, you're great. I'm putting my I'm putting your number in my phone, so you will get more calls from me, sir. Sounds good. It was great having or great being on. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Mike Simon, cell phone expert. He is with Mobile Nations. You can find out more about them at mobilenations.com. Joining me here in studio, could it be? Yes, it's Stephanie Staples. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? Always good. I got to be always good. There's no other answer. You are always good. Yes. Why do I even ask? Of course, the answer would be great. I'm fantastic. And yeah. Nobody Um, wants to hear otherwise. No. And and you're right. So we should. Now, okay, quick question before we get Mm. into this. So should my answer, even when I'm not great, just be great, fantastic? I think it should be something even more creative than that, like okay. just top of the world yeah. or like stupendous, something that makes people lean in and go, what? Mm. You know, then because you can have a conversation. Because if you say fine yeah. or you say not bad, yeah. then we're done. If mm. you say what's new and I say nothing, well, okay, good, good. Yeah. Great seeing you. Right. But if you actually want to have a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. say something more interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you are interesting. So let me talk to you about your uh, big move mm. to the left coast. It seems to be agreeing with you. I'm loving it. Good for you. I'm loving it. But so, I still wave the flag for Manitoba. I know. I and do. and I, I expect that of all Winnipeggers mm-hmm. and Manitobans, when they move mm-hmm. away, they still, in their heart, mm-hmm. have to be a Winnipegger and, and or a Manitoba. Absolutely. That's yeah. our job. And I like to, you know, squash rumors mm-hmm. and, and whatever and, and tell people great things about this place because there's many. Yeah. CGOB listeners will know your name. Uh, tell us what you had here and what you have now, what you got rid of, what you purged, Ooh. what you shed Ooh. that you had in your life here for so, your new life uh, in BC. So many things. So, well, we we had kids. Well, we still have them, but we, we basically <laughs> ran away from home. So we we don't have children in our life anymore. Yeah. We don't are in our home. We don't have pets in our house anymore. We only have one job. So my husband quit his job to move out there. We only have one vehicle. We basically left with like a little truck, a little truck and a few belongings. We hardly took anything with us. We went through our house, picked up kind of everything and went, do we love this? Do we need this? Do we want this? And it was shocking the answer to like, especially do I love this? Like how many things in our house we actually loved was like very, very few. Mm -hmm. And even now looking back a year later, we're like, we should have just gotten rid of everything. We brought a few chairs and a few things, but uh, we should have just... In the, if we did it again, we'd leave with we'd leave with nothing. And now my question is, why? Why did you do this? Because <clears throat> I met this lady at a, a thing called Mind Camp. Have you ever heard of Mind Camp? I've heard about it's, Mind Camp. It's a yeah. creativity conference, and it's at so outside of Toronto on Lake Geneva at a YMCA camp. And what I love about this camp, it's not just for say professional speakers or radio personalities or whatever. It's a, a creativity camp. People from Disney and graphic design, like all sorts of people, people that know being more creative is helps you in your life, life and livelihood. So all these people gather together at this camp, and a very eclectic blend of people. And there was this woman; she must have been in her mid eighties. And I was like, wow! When I am in my mid eighties, I want to be at a creativity conference at a camp. Like what? Uh, I got to talk to this lady. Mm-hmm. So she happens to sit up beside me in the next session, and at this camp, at this conference, there's not just oh, how to be a better radio host. It's no, here's one on there's a thing on sexuality. There's something on dog training. There's something on painting. Like just this crazy life eclect- stuff, ec- eclectic blend of things. Mm. So I said to this lady, "This is a question. I the last question I ask everybody on my radio show. Um, if there is just one thing you could let people know, what would that one thing be?" Asked her this question: If you could just tell me one thing, what would that one thing be? She grabbed my notebook. Yeah. 
I'm going to do it for you. Okay. And she pulled it over to her. She didn't even hesitate. And she drew a circle on the paper. I'll get your pen over. She drew a circle. She said, there's a very good chance you're going to live to be 100 years old. And then she drew, she divided the circle into quarters. And she started scribbling. The first quarter. She said, the first quarter of your life, your parents pretty much made every decision for you. The second quarter of your life, your spouse, your partner, your children, every decision you made, it was kind of influenced by those people. The last quarter of your life, probably your kids are going to make every decision for you. She said, this quarter of your life, the one that you're in right now, is the only time in your life that you can make decisions just for you. And then she grabbed me by the shoulders and she faced me to her and she said, promise me the decisions that you make at this time in your life are going to be just for you. And to this stranger, I was just like, I will. <laughs> and it really affected me. I just thought that made so much sense. We've done the right things. We raised this nice little family. We did everything we should do for everybody else. And now is our time. Every week I pick up my phone and somebody texts me, this one had a heart attack. This one's got cancer. This one's in whatever. Mm. You know what? I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I know at this time of our life, we're both well enough, happy enough, healthy enough we have a little bit of you know money and opportunity. We don't need that much. If we s- simplify our life, we can have lifestyle, and that's what we're looking for. So when you went home and you told your husband this, did he go, Stephanie? <laughs> what happened to you? Well, he's he now he. We've been together thirty years, yeah. like in a row. So he knows me pretty well. But he, so he was kind of you know starting to kind of buy into this. But um, he said, okay, fine, go. We, we kind of knew we wanted to be on the West Coast. And so I, I flew there after a job one day. I said, he said, just look around. If you see something you like, buy it. And I was like, okay. And he says, we'll rent it for a couple of years till we're ready to go. So I found something I liked. I bought it, told him I bought it. He's like, okay, we'll just rent it out. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then I got to the airport and I looked around and I, and I phoned him back. I said, I think you should quit your job. <laughs> I think you should quit your job. I think we should come out here and we, like now. And I don't think we should wait any longer. And to my delight and shock, he said, okay. And he did. Hmm. Hail to the husband. And here we are a year later or more. One year, exactly, yep. And you're happy, no regrets, wish you'd done it sooner. Honestly, we were here for three days. Our family, friends, parents, everybody's here. We love it here. We want to come back and visit. But we were here for three days, and we were both like, I want to go home. Mm. And that already, I feel like my soul has been there my whole life, and it took my body 50 years to catch up. Mm. So it was harder for him. He'd be probably a better interview for you. It was harder for him because for him, it was a huge change, right? For me, I still fly to work and do what I have to do. Um, but for him, he gave up a lot to come. Although it was a, I tell him, it was kind of on a silver platter. Like here, you may retire. You may get up whenever you want and do whatever you want all day long. <laughs> but let me but, tell you, let me tell you something. A few years ago, I found myself out of the business I loved. Did it for over 30 years. Stephanie, every move I made in radio, I made for hitting that age of 50 and being ready to hang up the headphones. I saved, I planned, I invested, I did everything. When I moved from Power 97 over to CGOB, they wanted to do a seven-year deal. I said, no, we'll do a five-year deal because I'll be 50. And then then when it happened, not on my terms, mind you, but when it happened, I suddenly went, I'm not ready for this yet. I've planned my entire life for this. I'm not ready. I'm not Mm -hmm. done. I don't want to give that up yet. So did I look at it wrong? Did I look at it like I'm giving something up? Should I have looked at that differently? Or were you just ready for the move you made a year ago? 
I think for me, like I said, not as much changed for me. I wanted it was everything I wanted mm. for a long time and had kind of squished down. I thought I wanted all that. I yeah. thought I wanted no radio, freedom, yeah. sleep in, travel, money, all that stuff. Yeah. No, I missed this. I missed this. Oh, well, you know, and that's, you're listening to your gut. Yeah. Like that's, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I mean, people thought we were so brave or crazy or whatever they thought, but I just thought if we don't like it, we can come back. Yeah. If something's not, we can sell it. We can rent it. I think too many people are worried that they're like engraving it in the, it's, it's not the end of the world. We make Take des- a chance. We make decisions and some, you know, sometimes we make the decisions right. And mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. I don't know. I guess I didn't think it was as big a deal as other people thought. And I guess to know that we're creative enough, we're smart enough that if something doesn't work out, we'll do something different. Mm. Just like you don't. Yeah. Just like you. Yeah, right. right. This is it doesn't feel as good as I think it should feel. Well, then something's not right. Then yeah. let's do something. Let's, we're not stuck. Go, yeah. No, I made this decision. I must stick with this decision. Mm-hmm. Or not. Yeah. You know, or not. Well, good for you, man. I, I'll tell you, you know, when I heard about this, I thought, well, hey, great. You know, and now to see you and, and hear you a year later and say, Best thing I ever did, uh, you know, good for you. And if nothing else, maybe people hear this and they go, hey, maybe I can make some decisions like that in my life. Maybe not as big as yours, but I can try some things. And if I like it, great. If I don't, well, as you said, you can always go back, right? Start with like cleaning a closet. Yeah. Like seriously, just a little bit of declutter, a little bit of, we got so much stuff. We don't need so much. We just need very little. Just keep what you love and start there. Yeah. Does stuff stress us out? I don't know, like we're, we did a house swap to come back here and we're staying in a big house in Linden Woods and it is it feels overwhelming to me. Actually, we had l- just literally got a, we had a massage table instead of a kitchen table for a year. We just literally got a kitchen table. We just <laughs> got furniture. We had this little empty condo and we were happy. Which is as, great because you can get a massage while you're eating a sandwich, You know what? Right? There's yeah. multi, multi-benefits sure. for sure. But yeah. yeah, so being now surrounded by all this mm. stuff, it does feel kind of overwhelming yeah. a little bit. And, Happy yeah. to go back. But happy to be here. Yeah. Still love Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg's great. Well, it's great to see you. How can people you. hear you? How can they find out more Ooh. about you? What are you up to? All that kind of stuff. So still my my favorite thing is I'm speaking a conference speaker. That's mostly what I do. Go into businesses, help people, you know, some ideas, inside inspiration for a better living, help make yourself a better person, make the world a better place. You know, just try and be a little happier, healthier than we were yesterday. That's yeah. all. Anyway, yourlifeunlimited.ca, stephaniestaples.ca. New book's coming out. It's called The Triangle, T-R-Y. It's about 50 challenges in my 50th year. It was such a great year and a fun book to write. So I hope it's going to be a fun book to read. You are a cool lady. Stephanie, Thank thanks for coming in thanks and telling us all about it. Really appreciate it. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.